a recently dead body has certain possibilities. So certain systems use that. If you really want to see raising the dead and that kind of stuff, these are the people. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to another episode of Cryptique. We ask, as always, that you follow, subscribe, and share, share, share on your favorite social media networks. Check out our Cryptoc TikToks, that's at Cryptique underscore podcast, and email us case suggestions and stories. We would love to hear your stories at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. I'm joined, as always, by a man who answers the age-old question, yes, these are Bugle Boy jeans I'm wearing. Ryan, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. How are you? Good. You remember those commercials, or are you too young? I vaguely remember them. All right. So, tonight's episode is crazy, right? This is the kind of story that if you want to get high school kids involved in your history class or your theology or, or anything like that, this is something that will grab people's attention and probably keep their attention, I would hope, because there's some crazy shit going on in India. What are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are talking about the Aghori tradition within Shaivism? Shaivism? Yeah, I, I think it's... It's Shaivism. Basically, it is in worship of their god Shiva. Mm. And it's it's hard to follow along with if you're not familiar with the Hindu religion, which I'm not real familiar with it. But apparently, their gods can take many forms. They can have different gods that appear together in one form. So it's kind of all over the place. Now, generally, in the Hindu religion, they are very kind, very friendly, uh, always willing to help. You know, it is considered against the religion to, you know, drink alcohol and I believe do most drugs. I, I think that they may, you know, smoke cannabis or possibly hash, but for the most part, it's uh, stay clean religion, if that makes sense. Now, we did have that one story about the bear who got into some fermented honey or something like that. So, yeah. you know, we, I mean, there's drugs all over the world that we have no idea about. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just what they teach you in dare class. There's probably thousands of things that people use as drugs. But mm -hmm. anyway... Sorry about that. You go ahead. The Aghori, or not fearful or fearless, are a monastic order of ascetic, let's say Shivite. Yeah, let's just call it Shivite. And if we get it wrong. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're a glutton for topics <laughs> where there's tons of words we can't really pronounce. So they are mon a monastic order of ascetic Shivite sadhus based in Uttar Pradesh, India. They're the only surviving sect derived from the Kapalika tradition 
a tantric non-Puranic form of Shivism which originated in medieval India between the 7th and 8th century CE. Similarly to their predecessors, Aghoris usually engage in post-mortem rituals, often dwell in charnel ground. Charnel ground, okay. So charnel grounds is uh, basically, Hindus are cremated, and the charnel grounds are basically the cremation grounds where they burn the dead. Often dwell in charnel grounds, smear cremation ashes on their bodies, and use bones from human corpses for crafting kapala or skull cups, which Shiva and other Hindu deities are often iconically depicted holding or using, and jewelry. Their practices are sometimes considered contradictory to Orthodox Hinduism. Many Aghori gurus command great reverence from rural populations and are widely referred to in medieval and modern works of Indian literature, as they are supposed to possess healing powers gained through their intensely eremitic rites and practices of renunciation and tapasya, which translates to generation of heat and energy. So when we're looking at these guys, um, and there'll be a very crazy album cover or cover art, I'm sure, but if you remember the game Street Fighter and you remember Dalsum, he was the yoga flame guy and he was the guy that would, you know, punch and his arms would extend out 20 feet and his leg and he could breathe fire and spit fireballs. He was depicted as, you know, having like a skull necklace and face paint and basically that's what these guys look like except they don't cut hair or beards at all. So a lot of them have, you know, big, long dreadlocks and huge, you know, ZZ Top type beards. So when you're picturing this in your mind, that's what you should be thinking of. ZZ Top, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Women love a sharp-dressed man, (laughs) even if it's in cremation ashes. (sighs) Like, if you can get a girlfriend and you're, like, covered in cremation ashes and, you know, you go on a picnic and you bring, like, a leg and a skull cup, (laughs) you're a true Mac. (laughs) All right. So, their beliefs and doctrines. Aghoris are devotees of Shiva manifested as Bhairava and monists who seek moksha from the cycle of reincarnation or samsara, which is the world. So in this case, this is what I was talking about. Um, Shiva manifesting as something different. So it's hard to follow. We understand that. Just bear with us because the actual truth of the story is frightening. So... This freedom is a realization of the self's identity with the absolute. So essentially what they are trying to accomplish is not being reincarnated because the Hindus believe in reincarnation. So they also believe that life is suffering. So, you know, if you believe in any religion, your goal is to get to the promised land, heaven, paradise their goal is to not be reincarnated and instead to when they die you know go on to their paradise so this freedom is a realization of the self's identity with the absolute 
Because of this monistic doctrine, the Agoris maintain that all opposites are ultimately illusory. Basically, what their view is, is when you make a decision on something, they think that your decisions on what you like or don't like, or what is acceptable or unacceptable. They want to evolve to a place where what you hold as something that you abhor, they are trying to befriend that, because the moment you like something and moment you dislike something, you have divided the existence. And once you divided the existence, you cannot embrace it. So they are going with whatever you would not be able to stand. What is most abhorrent for you, that is what they befriend, because they want to take away what they like and what they do not like. Everything is same to them. This is a way of embracing the universe. You cut your world in half again, and they believe that all of us are living in a severely fragmented world, which sounds good. It sounds like it makes sense, right? But they take it to the extreme. So, the purpose of embracing pollution and degradation through various customs is the realization of non-duality through transcending social taboos, attaining what is essentially an altered state of consciousness, and perceiving the illusory nature of all conventional categories. So that is basically what I described, that we are all one, the universe is all one, things are not good or bad, they just are. So, tell us about some of the rituals. Agori rituals, which are performed precisely to oppose notions of purity, commonplace in Orthodox Hinduism, are typically macabre. The practices of Agoris vary and include living in cemeteries, smearing cremation ashes on their bodies, using human skulls for decoration and bowls, smoking marijuana, drinking alcohol, and meditating on top of corpses. So, some of this stuff... You know, I tried, tried to look at it and think, could I do this? If I set my mind to it, could I do this? And I thought about, like, you would have to be really high and really drunk to try and do something like this. So <laughs> that kind of makes me think, like, okay, well, you know, these guys are getting high and drunk and doing this stuff, which I don't know. I, I think it makes it a little bit easier. They're just a bunch of dudes that like to get high and get drunk and get weird, but still really bizarre. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Although contrary to mainstream Hinduism, these practices exemplify the Agori philosophy of criticizing commonplace social relations and fears through the use of culturally offensive acts. They kind of sound like my kind of people. Furthermore, they demonstrate the Agori's acceptance of death as a necessary and natural part of the human experience. Agori's are not to be confused with Shivnetras, who are also ardent devotees of Shiva, but do not indulge in extreme tamasic ritual practices. Although the Agori's enjoy close ties with the Shivnetras, the two groups are quite distinct. Shivnetras engage in sattvic worship. 
The Gauris base their beliefs on two principles common to broader Shaiva beliefs. That Shiva is perfect, having omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. And that Shiva is responsible for everything that occurs, all conditions, causes, and effects. Consequently, everything that exists must be perfect, and to deny the perfection of anything would be to deny the sacredness of all life in its full manifestation, as well as to deny the Supreme Being. Agoris believe that every person's soul is Shiva, but is covered by eight great nooses or bonds, including sensual pleasure, anger, greed, obsession, fear, and hatred. The practices of the Agoris are centered around the removal of these bonds. Sadhana and cremation grounds is used as an attempt to destroy fear. Sexual practices with certain riders and controls attempt to release one from sexual desire. Being naked is used in an attempt to destroy shame. On release from all eight bonds, the soul becomes calm and obtains enlightenment. Which, to me, almost sounds like the Satanist Bible. They're like the Hindu Satanists, almost. <laughs> you know, like, we we hear uh, from, like, Anton LaVey and uh, your boy, Aleister Crowley, that, you know, you should embrace all the things that you want and that is kind of makes you a god or you know brings you closer to god or or whatever so varanasi is a city in india and it's on the ganges river one side has you know traditional hindus and traditional practices and all that and then the other side the wrong side of the river has these guys but the importance, like why they're in Varanasi, is because they believe that the cremation grounds at Varanasi have been burning for 3,500 years. And those who are cremated at Varanasi go straight to paradise. They don't get reincarnated. So let's talk a little bit about the history akin to the aesthetics of medieval Kashmir, with whom there may be a historical connection, the Aghoris trace their origin to Baba Kinaram, an aesthetic who is said to have lived 150 years, dying during the second half of the 18th century. Oh wow, here we go. Dadatreya the Avaduda, a Hindu god, was a founding guru of the Aghor tradition. Lord Dadatreya is a form of Shiva closely associated with the cremation grounds who appeared to Baba Kinaram atop Mount Gurnar. Gurnar. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, dude, and you don't understand, <sighs> like Datatreya is a proper noun, so I couldn't go and you know, replace all these data trays or data trays, whatever it is. But when you said data tray, the Avaduda, all I could think of was that um blue song, um blue daba <laughs> Well, I definitely don't want anybody thinking about that. Yeah, definitely don't put like a five second clip of it after you no. say <laughs> Definitely not. <sighs> Considered to be the ancient spiritual teacher and founding deity of Agor, Lord Datatreya offered his own flesh to the young ascetic as a kind of blessing, which gave him the power of clairvoyance and establishing a guru-disciple relationship between them. So, 
some of the Aguri's goals are to have superhuman powers, like uh, the ability to revive a dead person and having clairvoyance and stuff like that. So that sounds a little selfish. Does that make sense? Like, it's not all everything that you say it is if one of your goals is to gain godlike powers. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Agoris also hold sacred the Hindu deity Datatreya as a predecessor to the Aghori Tantric tradition. The god was believed to be an incarnation of Hindu deities Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva united in the same singular physical body. Uh, similar to the Holy Trinity, I would guess, but I, I feel like Hindu deities are much more physical. You know, like there's all these, all this art of Shiva and Kali and and these gods, whereas in Christianity and and very much so in Islam, they're not really, I guess, portrayed. I, I mean. You know, in, in some Christian work, you know, God is a old, old man with a long white beard. But there's not really any work that I know of where people say this is the Christian God. This is Jesus's father. This is the combination of Jesus, the Holy Spirit and Yahweh or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But just Google Hindu gods and you can look at you know, what these people look like or gods look like. But anyway, Datatreya is revered in all schools of Tantra, which is the philosophy followed by the Agora tradition, and he's often depicted in Hindu artwork and its holy scriptures of folk narratives, indulging in Agori left-hand Tantric worship as his prime practice. So, what is left-hand worship, you ask? It refers to the fact that this sect rejects traditional Hindu practices. So when you say right-hand Hindu, you're talking about regular Hindu practitioners. Left-hand is kind of the evil shit. And Aghori believes in getting into total darkness by all means, then getting into light or self-realizing. Though this is a different approach from other Hindu sects, they believe it to be effective. They are infamously known for their rituals incorporating the use of a corpse as the altar to invoke the mother goddess in her form as Tara, probably Tara, of the cremation grounds. In Hindu iconography, Tara, like Kali, is one of the ten wisdom goddesses and, once invoked, can bless the Aghori with supernatural powers. Because you have to do the most disgusting things in the Aghori path. But they are done by people who want to acquire certain powers to dominate life, to dominate other human beings. The most popular of the ten wisdom goddesses who are worshipped by Aghoris are Dumivadi, Bhagalamukhi, and Bharavi. The male Hindu deities primarily worshipped by Aghoris for supernatural powers or manifestations of Shiva principally cutting through the attachments and aversion. The gurus and disciples of Agore believe their state to be primordial and universal. They believe that all human beings are natural-born Agori. Hari Baba has said on several occasions that human babies of all societies are without discrimination, that they will play as much in their own fill as with the toys around them. 
I think that part of their embracing of the dark side, if you will, isn't because of it's it's not something that humans at one point necessarily said, oh, this is bad. I think that it stems from, oh, this is dangerous. You could get a disease. And specifically with cannibalizing dead people, I mean, we talked about curry where you can, you know, become, well, it can kill you. So some of these practices, it's not about like, oh, I don't want my child to be afraid of their poop. It's I don't want them to touch their poop because it could be detrimental to their health. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Children become progressively discriminating as they grow older and, and learn culturally specific attachments and aversions from their parents. Children become increasingly aware of their mortality as they bump their heads and fall to the ground. They come to fear their mortality and then palliate this fear by finding ways to deny it altogether. In this sense, the Agora Sadhana, or way of accomplishing something, is a process of unlearning deeply internalized cultural models. When this takes the form of coffin ground sadhana, the Agori faces death as a very young child, simultaneously meditating on the totality of life at its two extremes. So that's pretty deep. I mean, it's it's just so bizarre like I can't even wrap my head around it I understand what the goal in the theory is but just because you have you know just because you have a good theory doesn't mean that it's going to be good in practice see socialism and communism you know the original theory was everyone is equal but what it turns into is there are people who are extremely wealthy, a, a small few, and a large majority that have absolutely nothing. So this ideal example serves, and we're going back to the Agori now, this ideal sample serves as a prototype for other Agor practices, both left and right, in ritual and daily life. Lord Agor, who rejects laws and is an annihilator form of Shiva, is closely associated with the cremation ground. Who appeared to Baba Kinaram atop Ganar Mountain in Gujarat. Damn. Um, there is so there's a lot of good YouTube documentaries out there. Um, one involves, and I I'll play the clip, but this you know Westerner, I think he's British, is kind of having an interview with a couple of agori and they're basically sitting in the dirt on the bank of the uh, ganges river and he's asking them questions and and eventually this one agori is just like you talk too much i'm gonna cut your head off and just stares at the guy and and this agori has a huge machete sitting right in front of him too and it's just so funny because this gentleman who is interviewing this person is like, he just puts his head down for about a minute and then he calls like the camera guy over, you know, the producer or whatever. And you can hear him whisper. He's like, this may have been a mistake. Maybe we just like somebody distracts him and I just leave. 
Let's see where it goes. You can be polite. I can be very polite about it. But anyway, we'll find out more after a quick break. Hey, my name is Ryan. And I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie Hell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of Movie Hell is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy, and if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Brian, tell us about the adherence. Although agoris are prevalent in cremation grounds across India, Nepal, and even sparsely among similar cremation grounds in Southeast Asia, the secrecy of this religious sect fosters no aspiration to social recognition and notoriety among its practitioners. Hinglaj Mata, if I'm pronouncing that anywhere near right, is the patron goddess of the agori. The main agori pilgrimage center is Kina Ram's ashram in Varanasi. Here, Kina Ram is buried in a tomb or samadhi, which is a center of pilgrimage for Aghoris and Aghori devotees. Present head abbot since 1978 is Baba Siddharth Gautam Ram, or Gautam Ram. There are probably a lot of other ways that I don't know how to pronounce this that would be more correct than what I said, but that's the guy. <laughs> According to devotees, Baba, I'll just call him Baba, According to devotees, Baba Siddharth is a reincarnation of Baba Kinaram himself. Apart from this, any cremation ground would be a holy place for an Aghori ascetic. The cremation grounds are near the 51 holy centers for worship of the Hindu mother goddess scattered across South Asia and the Himalayan terrain are key locations preferred for performing sadhana by the Aghoris. They are also known to meditate and perform sadhana in haunted houses. I don't know. I feel like going to a haunted house is more of a uh, more of a show than it is anything else. But anyway, let's talk about their medicine. Agori practice healing through purification is a pillar of their ritual. Their patients believe the agoris are able to transfer health to and pollution away from patients as a form of quote transformative healing. However, according to Aghori belief, this pollution must be moved into another person. Hmm, that's, that's rough. Could you imagine a doctor, you know, telling you, ah, you've got, you know, a brain tumor. We can take it out, but we have to give it to somebody else. That's mm. a really tough life decision to make. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. it, it is literally life or death. And we've seen, you know, this 
I guess, idea or storyline in different movies and stuff, you know, where you can make a wish and someone has to die. But basically they find this box and the box, like they, they write down their wish and put it in there and they get their wish, but something really bad happens to someone that they care about. So it's kind of along those lines, but in any case, or in some cases, Agoris make the claim that human or animal sacrifice is necessary to successfully complete a healing. Now, it's important to, I guess, note that the Hindu philosophy is that you will be reincarnated. So they don't, I think, look at it as taking someone out of existence. They look at it as taking someone out of their current state of life if that makes sense, because they don't believe that they're killing someone, you know, transferring this pollution to them, killing them and putting them in the ground. And that's the end of their existence. So it's not the, I guess I should say they don't look at it as murder. Whereas, you know, if you're in the United States and a doctor's like, well, I'm going to take your brain tumor out, put it in this person and they die. Obviously that would be murder or attempted murder, manslaughter, whatever, but they don't look at it like that. But, you know, human sacrifice, or animal sacrifice, I should say, is something that is kind of widespread in every religion. But I, I think that given the choice, I would say, you know, you can give that goat brain cancer, but not some other person. You know what I mean? Some Agori scholars call this process the transfer of karma. Such practices are in decline and not commonly seen. But there are modern Agor practices that are interesting. You want to tell us about those? I sure would. The Agor tradition, which originated as confined and reclusive, has transformed since Baba Bhagwan Ramji's reforms to Agor yoga practices. By changing practices that have traditionally been shunned by conventional norms, Agor yoga now has entered mainstream society. Today, it focuses upon forming a balanced personal practice, placing importance on one's own spiritual practice as well as selfless service. Baba Bhagwan Ramji recognized the need for change within his society and renewed the socially conscious spirit of Baba Kinaram when he established a new ashram, the Ram Leprosy Service Ashram in Varanasi. Baba Ramji dedicated the ashram to helping the poor and the afflicted and included a leprosy hospital within the ashram grounds. By shifting Agor Yoga's focus to helping those who are suffering within society, Baba Ramji modernized the ancient Agor tradition. In order to maintain the continuum of the Agor tradition, Baba Ramji initiated one of his disciples, Baba Siddharth, to be the head of the Krim Kund. Kund? Krim Kund? I'm going to say Kund because Kund Sounds is too gross, close. Whatever it is. <laughs> to be the head of the Krim Kund and of the Agor lineage. The Krim Kund and Pareo ashrams are situated on the opposite sides of the Ganges River in Varanasi, India. Baba Ramji also established... <laughs> Good luck. I'm telling you, man, these are like proper nouns. So, I mean, you have no... Just... Um, and you'll see all the shit I had to go through to make it like this, which is hard. So... Good luck. All right, I want to I want to leave all that in. Uh, okay, established 
Sri Sarveshwari Samu Ashram, a secular social service organization that has worked throughout northern India. The Agor lineage now includes many ashrams in various locations in India and a number of centers and ashrams in other countries. During his life, Agoreshwar Bhagwan Ramji also guided the reform of ancient Kina Ram Agori practices. <laughs> Yeah, this this is difficult, and I'm sure it's a little difficult to follow, too. You may have to listen to this a couple times, but it is, it's worth digging through all this minutiae to bring this story, because I don't know if we've made this clear yet, but these guys kill people, eat flesh, rub cremation ashes on themselves, take human skulls and use them as jewelry or cups to drink out of. This is a true story. This is not something we're making up. And that's why it's worth digging through all these difficult words to bring you this story. But let's talk about the ashrams. All of the ashrams started by Baba Bhagwan Ramji and his disciples around the world are continually dedicated to service. And some of this to me kind of sounds like, hey, we're going to clean our image up a little bit. You know, we're going to, I mean, you hear about like, oh, the hell's angels bring stuffed animals to hospitals. Well, yeah, but they also sell meth and guns and kill people. So I don't know. Does it all even out? There's a uh, line. Have you ever seen Prodigal Son? No, I haven't. This doctor, who was a brilliant doctor, also turned out to be a serial killer. And he killed like 37 people or something like that. And at one point, his son confronts him and says, you know, you're a murderer. You're a demon. You're a devil. You killed 37 innocent people. And he says, well... Yeah, you could look at it like that. Or you could look at the fact that as a doctor, I save thousands and thousands of lives with my skill. So the way I look at it, I'm still ahead. And I mean, that's a, a flawed concept. But, you know, I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. Like, eh, yeah, we eat dead people, but we also help people that have leprosy. And no word if they eat dead lepers or not uh that would be something that would really prove the strength of your convictions right i mean you know we talked about the donner party yeah they they cut some flesh off thighs and cooked it and stuff like that just to survive and i don't know i mean i've i haven't heard in my research that they eat dead lepers so i don't know that might be a challenge you know like hey if you really believe in all this stuff then that leper just died and was you know is being cremated go go take a chunk off of him and eat it then we'll see how strong your beliefs really are make yourself an llt leper lettuce (laughs) and tomato when the leper is nice and lean Got to get that good leper bacon. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, the Princess Bride. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, it may it does make me wonder if they like come to like it or if they just do it because it's part of their belief system and part of this sort of transformative experience they're trying to go through. 
I don't think I could do it under any circumstances, but whatever. Contemporary Agor practices focus especially on providing help and services to those who are downtrodden. Sri Sarveshwari Samu Ashram remains invested in social issues, notably working to eliminate the dowry system, which is basically arranged marriage. And I guess the system is, hey, I'll give you 30 cattle for your daughter, you know. And, and that seems so bizarre and foreign to us, but that's commonplace in a lot of other countries. But they also offer free leprosy treatment and provide free schooling for impoverished children. The Sonoma Ashram in Sonoma, California, founded in 1990, is the current seat of Agor Yoga in the United States. The mission of the Sonoma Ashram is to foster spiritual growth in individuals. And just on a side note, I've been doing a lot of yoga lately, and so I YouTubed Agori Yoga, and I was going to do some, you know, agor or attempt to do some Agori Yoga poses, but there's not much out there. Like, even on YouTube, there's just not much out there, but there are a couple videos of Indian gurus, and I don't know that they're all Agori because they're not covered in cremation ashes but there's a video of like an 86 year old man that literally folds both of his legs to where his right foot is behind his right ear facing backwards his left foot is behind his left ear facing backwards his arm is contorted funny and he's holding himself up with just one arm and it's an 86-year-old dude that looks like he weighs about 86 pounds. But it's super impressive. The mission of Sonoma Ashram is to foster spiritual growth in individuals. The Sonoma Ashram Sister Ashram Agor Foundation was established in 2001 on the bank of the Ganges River in Varanasi, India. And offers a safe home for orphaned and abandoned children. The Agor Foundation also operates other social service projects, including the Anjali School, a tuition-free school for neighborhood children living in poverty, and Vision Varanasi, a free eye clinic. Notably, the Agor Foundation also runs Project Shakti, which offers vocational training for underprivileged women in Varanasi. The Agor Foundation recently began to construct the Amrit Sagar Environmental Center, a working model of the best environmental practices and a teaching center for demonstrating sustainable practices. It's hard to know what people, you know, what our listeners' understanding of Hinduism and just Indian uh, culture in general, but the Ganges River, which they take cleansing holy baths in, is a disgusting, nasty, <laughs> horribly polluted river. So hopefully the Agor Foundation is making a change. I don't know if the Ganges River can be saved. Now, this is on the lower Ganges. The upper Ganges, I believe, starts in Nepal, and it's, you know, crystal clear and beautiful and all that. But, man, you get downstream. Like in Varanasi, there's literally people upstream that put dead bodies on rafts and just send them down the river to be cremated. So, there's that. But, anyway, these guys are 
the definition of extreme, right? And it sounds now like they're doing some kind of uh, image cleanup, which I don't know. You know, if you make a difference, you make a difference. Even if it's to, you know, just clean up your image and make yourself look better. If you get, you know, a thousand kids free glasses that can't see straight, that's a good thing. So, you know, there's some good things coming out of it. And I don't think that there's really any stories of people actually, you know, transferring this pollution to someone else who then dies. But I could be wrong. But anyway, what are your final thoughts? It's a good question. I'm still kind of thinking about how you compared this with uh, like modern Satanism, kind of going at things in a counterintuitive way to get to what should ultimately be a good result. And I, I do think it probably has some validity to it. I think that it's likely that being raised in a Western culture that's primarily Christian, there's sort of a knee-jerk reaction to reject something like this. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd be interested to meet some of these people or know what it's like to kind of live in the same communities as them. But it's definitely interesting. And they have a lot of interesting names and proper nouns that I can't pronounce. Right. Well, in the documentaries that that I perused, they are mostly in Varanasi on the opposite side of the Ganges of normal Hindus, I guess you would say. It's kind of like East St. Louis. (laughs) So, anyway, um, I don't know that in East St. Louis that they eat dead people, but they sure kill a lot of people. They make them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, you want to give us the uh, rundown of, of what they need to know? Sure. Uh, please share us on social media. It really helps us out, helps expand our reach, and let more people hear us, and hopefully let us keep doing this. Uh, you can find us on TikTok at cryptique underscore podcast, and you can email us with suggestions, things you like, things you don't like, if you just want to say hey you can do that at crypticpodcast at gmail.com and the after party on what were we calling this Um, the unholy threesome how about the unholy trinity (laughs) and our after party discussing an unholy trinity is just a click away good evening crypt keepers